podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hi everyone, Beck O'Connor is an executive resume writer, LinkedIn specialist and career consultant helping mid to senior level of professionals and those affected by workforce change to navigate ahead and find confidence in their unique value through job search, personal branding and career marketing services. Her passion and speciality lies in empowering and equipping job seekers with a strategy and confidence-boosting career marketing communications to get hired sooner. Let's talk to Beck. Beck O'Connor, welcome to the Your Career Down Under podcast. Thanks, Nishad. Thanks for having me on your podcast. And I'm excited to share some helpful info with you and your listeners. Excellent. So, Beck, if we can probably start with an understanding of your career journey. How did you start your career and how did you end up doing what you're doing right now? Yeah, I actually began this journey as a receptionist of a large employment services organization, Mm -hmm. which um, was assisting long-term unemployed job seekers. Uh Uh, sustainable employment and that was actually while I was waiting to hear if I'd made it into the police force oh Uh, yeah which turns out I didn't but life sometimes has a funny way of redirecting you and I'm I'm really glad it did because I found out there are multiple ways to help people and I knew very early that I that helping people was my thing and helping them to see their potential. So Mm. I really immersed myself in the employment services area, worked my way up to an employment consultant where I was case managing over 200 people uh, for work and eventually onto acting manager of that site. So that whole experience was really where I carved my foundation for Mm. all resume writing and job search coaching and everything around that. I was then headhunted for a corporate recruiter role, which I did try my hand at, but to be honest, I knew pretty quickly it wasn't for me because <laughs> yeah, it's just... Um, a lot of sales. Yeah, that particular experience, it's not all like that, but it just seemed like a bit of a cold numbers game and it's just not me. Yeah, so sure. Um, yeah, so I took a leap of faith, went out on my own as a resume writer, okay. you know, a bit of a safety income with some part-time roles. Sure. But yeah, I now run Career Frontier, specializing in resume and LinkedIn development and strategies for professionals and also contract my services to larger companies offering replacement. Sure. That's really good. So you identified that one of your mission or purpose of your career needs to be in the contribution of service to other people. That's really fascinating. And did it kind of identify just out of deliberate attempt or was it something that you always knew? 
I think that the opportunities that I've said yes to, and mm. I'm a very open person, I'll, I'll kind of have a go at anything that's in yeah. front of me. And I found that the common theme of the things that I really got my teeth into and really obviously rewarded me were those giving back and yes, yeah, service to other people and just helping people excel. So yeah, yeah I just knew that there's nice. obviously many different ways to do that, but that was very yeah. clear to yeah. me early on. So Absolutely. yeah. I like the word that you use that you identify some theme or some trends, which I believe I know when I changed my career from an engineer to doing what you started to do early, which is employment consultant role, is that's what I identified some theme emerging in my career prior to that was mm-hmm. around that one of my goal was to help or assist people. And that's how I ended up doing what I ended up doing. But so that's why I'm glad that that theory is a workable theory as well. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. So let's really get into that. You know, obviously you've seen or worked in Australia for most of your life. So you've seen job search changes or resume changes and obviously the whole evolution of social media and LinkedIn profile. Can you tell us that how the new job search, as we call that, how does that really work? The economy has definitely changed even in the short time that I've been in the workforce. The job search market is definitely much more competitive and I totally get job seekers' frustration about where to start with Mm. it all. They say, ask 10 people for their help and you'll get 20 different opinions. So you'll find that we all in the industry agree on is that Mm. the modern job search is really all about relationships Mm. now and connection to and engagement with your industry. So it's more about where you want to focus on becoming a referred candidate rather than competing against the masses applying through job boards, which which was the first port of call used to be many years ago. That's just where you when you wanted a job. It's shifted now. It's just it takes a little bit more effort, I suppose, in building that network. So being referred to an organization by a trusted person is actually proven to be 50 to 100 times more likely to result in being interviewed and hired Mm. compared to applying to an online job advertisement. So that's what it's all about, that relationship, that connection, and being proactive as well. Mm. Mm. I think there are two approaches to job search, reactive and proactive. And proactive is being about creating a list of the companies you'd like to Mm. work with using that list to kind of reverse engineer your job search and Mm. the marketing tools and help you research the companies and find the company insiders that you need to be on the radar of, basically. Yeah. I think that's a really fascinating idea that you're suggesting. In terms of creating that trusted advisor is a really good word that you used. But if you think from a job seeker point of view, it does take a while, right, for you to kind of create that relationship and somebody to trust you. I can cite an example of my career and my stupidity in building that relationship. When I was working in sales and I met someone who used to be a sales manager with an engineering company, we met on a few trainings, got to know a bit of each other. And then when I my contract finished with that company, I put his name as a reference without even asking him. Mm. And secondly, I continuously asked him about job referrals. And one point in time, he said, look, Nishad, I don't really know you. So I can't really help you out with that. Okay. Mm. I did not even attempt to build any relationship. For me, it was 
because you work as a sales manager in an engineering company, you'd have millions of contacts. Can you help me get a job? That was my whole approach. And mm-hmm. it was knocked down. And I felt pretty bad about it. Yeah. You know, pretty bad about myself and pretty bad about that. Why did I miss the relationship part? Do you see job seekers doing these kind of mistakes even today? Yeah, absolutely. I Obviously, I'm not a recruiter, but I often get messages saying, could you share my profile yeah. with people of interest or please go to my profile and review it and provide your <laughs> And I think the biggest thing is I'm, like I said, all for helping people. Yeah. But we, we want to see that you're helping yourself. So it's not about doing the bare minimum and getting people to do that work for you. Mm. You still need to understand the benefit and the value that you offer an organization and to be able to offer that information up to the person that you're asking for help from Mm. rather than letting them do the legwork. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the word that is coined, especially in our industry also, is that we don't call that as job search anymore. We call that as self-marketing. Obviously, the moment we speak about marketing, and you know, especially I'm more talking to the migrant community that most of the clients come from for me and also the listener to the podcast is mm. they really loathe the word marketing. It's a very taboo word to use. And you know, however, we, however I try to engage with this word, but sometimes it falls flat and they say, nah, you know what? I'm not about marketing and I'm Mm. How do you really define self-marketing and how do you really help someone to really be okay with it? I think the first thing is defining it as, well, I guess calling it something else, if that helps. Just the word marketing and sales can put people off. And yes, Mm. I don't like selling myself or I struggle with that as well. But really, essentially, it's personal branding. You just need to reframe it because you're using branding tools. Mm. resume LinkedIn to create an image around yourself rather than a product. Mm. Uh, Yes, it is marketing, but let's shift it, reframe it, call it personal branding. Maybe Mm. it's not so, doesn't instill fear. Yeah. And that's about effectively communicating your value, your skills, your experiences to potential employers. Mm. And obviously needs to be done because it helps you separate yourself from the hundreds of other applicants. Hmm. who are competing for the same opportunity. So, yeah. And there are many strategies that job seekers can use to differentiate themselves. Yeah. Uh, without, you know, self-promotion. Yeah. Can I pick your brain on the idea of value to an employer? I have always equaled value. Value equals to the impact or the contributions that you have made to the organization. Yes. In terms of qualitative results or quantitative results. Is that what you also mean by value or there's something else to that too? Yeah, I definitely would say that's a big part of it. But it's also having that a really clear self-awareness and unpacking your strengths and that offering that you have. So basically, if you looked at all of the things that you excelled at in your employment and the positive ways in which you've contributed, regardless of position or industry, again, you'd like no doubt find a common theme there. That is the solution you offer in the market Mm. and the impact that you have. And you should build your brand around that. That's Mm. definitely a part of the value. So, Mm. 
And secondly, in self-marketing, do you suggest that a job seeker should have a clear-cut and single employment objective or a role rather than having two or more career or two or more employment objective? What's your take on that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as a kind of blanket rule, I guess it is to have a target in mind. Mm. It doesn't mean that you say no to other opportunities, obviously. Mm. But in terms of creating your resume, your LinkedIn, even just obviously getting the strategy and the plan in place, Mm. you can't do that without a destination. Mm. So, and that obviously is the target role. It's understanding the target audience and who you're speaking to. And Mm. so that means having a really clear idea about what that specific role is Mm. and the needs of that role and how you answer them. Yeah. So in a way, it's specific. So can a pseudo job seeker be specific as, I'm looking for a sales manager role into an FMCG company or a sales manager role. Is that sufficient from your view? I would always encourage people to, and this is how I construct my own resumes for clients. It should always be as specific as possible. So yeah, you might open with a positioning title that says sales manager dash FMCG slash whatever else it may be. So Mm. that can be tailored each and every time depending on the particular role that's being applied for. And then obviously strong summary underneath that, that kind of backs that up. If you don't have the experience in that industry Mm. directly, Mm. that summary kind of needs to say, this is the new direction and this is the transferable background and experience that I bring. Mm. But yes, it should be specific. Mm. As specific as you can. You know? Yes. And you can, you know, sometimes job seekers on the same line, is it considered to be a, an arrogance sometimes when you brand yourself? Because there is a lot of different views on personal branding that I've seen to an extreme level. People go to a level where they, their color of the what they wear and the tie and to the shoe, to everything is all, everything is branded, like branding what they what they see themselves as. What do you recommend? Is it from your view and your experience? Obviously, you also brand yourself as well. So what do you recommend? Well, just go back to your point about the concern about being arrogant. Or, yeah. I don't feel that comes across a lot from it, people that I've worked with. Mm. The problem most of the time is that people are genuinely going to hate talking about themselves and kind mm. of talking themselves up. So that's where career coaches like myself come mm. in to help bring those walls down but at the end of the day job search is no time to be modest and you have to be prepared to talk about yourself what you do to get people interested and again you know it's about reframing it it's not talking yourself up and bragging it's understanding the needs and the requirements of an employer and offering yourself as a solution to that so yes if you are kind of talking yourself up yeah it's not enough anymore in the job search market to Mm. just tell people you're really great at something. So I'm not just going to have, I'm a really great project manager. Yeah. Too general. It's totally subjective. Mm. You know, instead, if I was a project manager, I'd be telling people about the project that I successfully managed Mm. and the results the project achieved, discussing challenges and how I overcame them. Mm. Those things are not only interesting and useful. They're easier for you to talk about because they're supported by undeniable facts and not personal. Yeah. yeah. So, but another really good way 
if you are uncomfortable with it, is to let others do the marketing for you because social proof is really important in building that trust. A great way to do that is to actually reach out to people for LinkedIn recommendations. Mm. That definitely holds a lot of weight rather than you just talking about yourself. So you can definitely back that up. Mm. And that's, you know, a simple polite message to a few people you've worked or collaborated with in some way and only asking them for a recommendation and offering one in return. So that can be a good starting point if you're just a little bit Mm. shy about talking about yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. What are some of the ways people can apply self-marketing principles into a resume? What are your real pet peeves that people can say, look, this is how I can do that. What's your take on that? I will tell you my pet peeve on a resume is opening with results-oriented blah, 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 um, without any actual results backing that up throughout the resume. So I see a lot of words like that coming, opening with a results-oriented, dedicated professional. They are all very buzz fluff words now. And yeah, so I guess in that respect, that is self-marketing and it doesn't hold much weight anymore. Mm. Your resume in LinkedIn is obviously about making the effort to identify career achievements, Mm. uh, those specific tangible results that speak for you. Yeah, focusing on the specifics. Not basic job duties as a starting point. Definitely that's most mostly goes for your resume. Avoid stuffing your resume with those buzzy words and actually just talking about the facts. That's going to do a lot more work for you. Yeah. And if I can give an example of that. Yeah. In terms of an achievements-based point. Yes. Rather than, you know, I see a lot of short points come through, manage your team. Hmm. Okay. Let's elaborate on that. Let's draw that out a little bit to make it managed a multidisciplinary team of 10 providing training and coaching on key customer service processes and procedures. Hmm. So simply that obviously markets your capability a lot more. Just need to create that resume around the relevant skills, experience and results you've delivered in that area to give employers something really substantial to kind of chew on. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the same with LinkedIn, obviously. Absolutely. Um, LinkedIn must be part of the marketing strategy of every job seeker. Mm. I guess if I was to say that would be another pet peeve is that coming to me and thinking that resume is the answer that they need. The missing piece. Yeah. Yeah, And it's not, it's a part of a larger overarching strategy and um, brand. So yeah. Yeah. And secondly, in interviews, a couple of things around interviews, how one should really use the same principle around self-marketing into interviews. A couple of things that you can address. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously that's going to be the most important part of kind of marketing yourself mm. and doing that comfortably. You can't do that confidently without researching the company, the position, anything else you can find out about the opportunity mm. and obviously doing your preparation. So don't ever wing it, obviously. But the biggest thing as well is to similar, like to your resume I mentioned, you can't just claim something. Yeah. Uh, you be able to back it up with key examples or story mm. from your mm. relevant work history that demonstrate the skills and experience that you know that they're seeking. So it's preparing a few thoughtful stories, understanding your strengths and weaknesses as well. Yeah. We all have them. I think humility and accountability are really important and to be able to say, I've previously struggled with this, but here's how I identified that and I'm working yeah. on it, mm. uh, can just help you seem more personable because mm. honestly, re- interviewers hate hearing 
A, you don't have any, or B, that it's you're a perfectionist. Mm. So just tell the truth about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But tell it in a way which does not really feel awkward, but at the same time, it also shows that you are insightful. Uh, yeah, yeah, accountable and you're working on it and you put that positive spin mm-hmm. on it, you'll be fine. Yeah, there's no repercussions of that. And just to remember also that you are marketing yourself from the moment that you're corresponding and setting up that interview mm. when you leave and send a follow-up email. So the mm. whole process from start to finish is an opportunity to really sell yourself as the right candidate. Mm. In the follow-up email, because that's a great point. Do you really, it is, I, I've got, I set a few templates for the clients to use, but you know, sometimes clients say, oh, no, 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 you should, I, you know, this is just too overkill. I'm going to send it to do it too overkill. What are your kind of suggestions? How one should tone that kind of that? So it does not, and, and, and this is in my experience, that Australian employers or Australians don't like to be sold too much. They will probably switch off and say, hang on, you're not a Yankee who continues to sell me things. Mm-hmm. So how do you really kind of, it's a very tight rope in my view. Yes, it is a bit of a delicate balance. I think what we don't respond well to here in Australia is desperation. So a follow-up email can be done in a way that is not desperate. It just gives you another chance to leave in the person's mind what you want your core message to be. That's a really good opportunity to underscore that message about the difference you can and want to make in the organization. So just leaving that lasting imprint. And they've probably seen 50 candidates in the last few days. It's just a really important way to just stick in that person's mind. I would be happy to share my own template with you that you can pass on to absolutely. in a way to do that. Yeah, delicately, professionally, and not kind of crossing any boundaries there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Look, Beck, you've been very kind to share your knowledge and expertise with us. Now, if somebody needs more help, how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. So the best way to get in touch with me is through my LinkedIn profile. It's kind of 80% of where uh, worries <laughs> come through. So, so it's just Beck, B-E-C, O'Connor, and career consultant you'll find on LinkedIn that way. And, yeah, I'd also like to offer your podcast listeners just my resource, Five Steps to Hired. So wow. um, there's definitely some things there that we've touched on, but additional points as well that they may not have considered in their job search. So hopefully Excellent. they'll I'm pretty sure they will find it very, very useful. Again, Beck, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Pleasure, Nesha. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au. And if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.